Hey everyone, how's it going? Welcome to the Know Your Gear podcast number 273 or episode number 273. We're back home, so back to normal, back to the uh, command center, so to speak, where I have control of everything again, uh, not looking at through little screens. That's great. Last week's show, I was talking about Fender. I mentioned that they are having a sale. They basically got some overstock of some stuff that just came in and they're letting it go at a discount. What's interesting about this is the events that happened this week was Fender did some layoffs this week. Now, if you guys are aware, in June, Guitar Center did some layoffs. They laid off some some employees. What's interesting about this, and this is why we're going to talk about it and we'll get it out of the way and then we'll get into some exciting fun stuff, but this is industry talk and we want to talk about it. So Fender laid off I don't know the exact number of people. I know it was more than 100 for sure. That is absolutely for sure. And it's all kinds of positions from workers to management to even VPs is what I heard. And what's interesting about this is exactly what I said last week, which is this. And this isn't an I told you so. This is just a discussion about the subject at hand. You got to think in March, March. I'm going to show you this right now. In March... This was an article in Forbes magazine. Shredding the pandemic, the COVID fender boom. This is a long article talking about the massive numbers. Look, there's the chief executive, Andy Mooney. We are killing it, everyone. $400 million, massive money. We are amazing. We're doing great. And now they're laying people off. And then only a couple of months later. And I know a lot of you are going to go right to the economy uh, comments. And, and no one is wrong, right? In, in a world like this where we're figuring out the world day by day, which is how I feel it's been since COVID, the beginning of this onslaught. This is the two weeks flatten the curve, all this stuff. Everybody's been learning the world a little bit again. And what's interesting about this is Guitar Center and Fender both have des- decided in a very short period of time to just start laying off employees uh, after they just had record numbers. And I hate this for all the reasons you can hate this. I hate this because it feels like the little guy's always getting kicked in the nuts and it just kind of, it gets under my skin. So again, I'm trying not to make it a rant show, but it is something we need to discuss because here's why. I feel like what is in common with Fender and Guitar Center is they have heavy investors and they just had record numbers. I've seen this before in my other life in the finance industry where investors want their payouts. And of course they'd had record numbers and they don't want to invest that back into the companies. And they could definitely, whatever slowdown's happening right now, they could absorb that with the numbers they've been hitting. I would imagine if there was any management. And the reason I say that, again, it's hard to pick at a company because I'm not, I'm not there. But in the meantime, as I can tell you right now, there are companies that I'm very aware of right now that are hiring people. They're hiring people still to, to get work done, to get guitars out to us. There are, there are retailers hiring right now as we speak, large retailers. There are large guitar manufacturers hiring right now as we speak. Uh, and they're not having the numbers they did before, but they're also still trying to catch up, fill orders and Let's face it, this is it. It didn't go to feast to famine. It just went from feast, like I said, every day is Christmas sales, to it's more of a normalized market. Uh, Brian said Sweetwater's hiring. That is correct. I know two people who just got hired on at Sweetwater uh, that are viewers that just decided, hey, I'm going to apply there. And again, this isn't to praise one company and bag on another because ultimately the only thing I care about is people. I've said this before. When I'm mad at companies, I'm mad at the people at those companies. When I'm happy with companies, I'm happy with the people at those companies. Essentially, everything is about people for me. It's not a tough job market. The good news is those people are laid off. Thank God it's not everywhere. So those people probably get hired on uh, at another guitar company in California because there's a lot of companies, like I said, hiring right now. But it's just, I felt bad. This is is where I really want to go with this. Last week, because I have to index the show after I talk, I felt bad for calling out Fender for basically saying I thought they had the market wrong. You know, they were so 
so bombastic with their, it, we're doing so great, record numbers, you know, it, and I'm, I was happy for their success, but I kind of felt like going to come back to haunt them. And I think it is now. And then again, of course, there's a secondary thought, which is maybe again, they're just laying off workers in the U.S. side to, to move more jobs elsewhere. And that's also a possibility as well. In fact, think about this. I could be totally wrong with this assessment. What if they're just laying off people and they're going to keep, they're actually doing well. They're just moving more jobs somewhere else. And that could be possible. And there's a lot of things I don't like about that. But of course, it's just crazy to me to see within a couple months, a company brag how great they're doing. And then all of a sudden, you know, we'll do layoffs. It just seems so weird. And like I said, I've seen this in other industries. Like I said, I came from a, the finance industry and the finance industry was an industry that I really didn't love. I liked my job, but I didn't love the industry. And the reason was, is because when they did bad, it laid off people. And when it did great, it laid off people, um, which was always str so strange because I know it's about the money. That's the part of the gig I've always hated, you know, the money part. I know it's necessary, but sometimes, you know, Jesus, people matter too, right? I mean, it's got to, I mean, it's got to have some value. You got to have some value. And especially like there's all kinds of rumors out there in the industry about Fender not upgrading things and they're uh, the workers working in the U.S. factory in like just horrible conditions. The air conditioning wasn't on or whatever. It wasn't working to temperature and it was too hot. And I know it's a little crazy when you say things like that because I'm just saying things I heard. But a lot of the stuff I heard was backed up by some actual photos of the factory where where people were like, this is crazy what we're doing here. Uh, Matt says it's disheartening for sure. And it is. And it's a guitar channel. We're a guitar gear channel. We talk about guitars. We talk about the industry. And that's why I want to talk about this stuff. Because here's the thing about this. I'm not saying uh, anything other than this is the information. And, you know, there's just something about you want when you're buying premium product and Fender's a premium product, right? When you look at the premiums, you have Gibson, Fender, you know, uh, PRS. And there's a lot of premium products, but those are three biggies. When you're buying premium premium product, as someone who makes all this content, what I have to see daily in the comment sections is I'll do a guitar of a, uh, I'll do a video of a guitar that's made in China for $200. And a lot of people, of course, they, I've, I've said this be many times, I'm gonna say it right now, buying guitars in the United States is a luxury. If you are so fortunate that you can afford them, I'm I'm happy for you and I think you should buy them because I buy them. However, not everyone is either A, as fortunate to do that or B, not ready for that yet. You know, you, you know, before you make a big investment, you want to make sure that you're ready for that. Some people are just still new to guitar, new to making music, and this is not where they're at yet. What I always remind people, and even manufacturers to this day, and I always say this, is that you'll never, in my experience, you'll never sell a $4,000 guitar until you sell somebody a $200 guitar. That is the journey. They got to start out at a price point and they work their way up. Everyone here watching is knows exactly what I'm talking about. Even if you, <laughs> even very, it's very unlikely that your first guitar, your second guitar was less money than your first. Very unlikely. It's possible, but very unlikely. So what does that mean? It means that when you're buying these expensive guitars, you feel like, you want to feel like you are making that difference. I see it all the time when I do a video, like I said, of an inexpensive guitar. Somebody's like, oh, you know, it's slave labor. It's horrible what they're doing to those people. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I get it. It's the world we're in. But however, the point is, is that somebody's got to start somewhere and hopefully that that guitar leads them to a better guitar, right? Okay. But I hate the idea that at the end of this guitar journey of spending money, of us taking our hard-earned money and putting it into this industry, that at the end, the employees aren't treated any better. 
that's just horrible. Who the hell wants that? And so that's why I said I'm bringing this up. And uh, and maybe, like I said, if it puts attention on it, maybe they, they I think you need to talk about things. You need to call out things that are crazy uh, when you see that stuff because of the fact that, like I said, this is not what anybody who's buying a $4,000 Fender Custom Shop, anyone who's buying a $2,000 Main USA guitar, uh, anyone who's buying uh, any Fender product uh, wants to see. Um, everybody understands hard times and, and, and in the recession, you know, Fender did layoffs. They had to let people go. And of course I was a dealer in the recession and I can tell you it was tough times. Like I said, paying every employee was, was a daily effort, but it's just so weird to see a company do a reaction, just like guitar center. So, so weird. Like where'd all the money go from the boom in March? It's, it's it's not gone, right? You burned it all up. You had record profits. I even saw an article, what is it, in 2020, 2021? They were saying they sold more guitars that year than they, they'd sold like in the company's history or something. Seems so strange. So that's uh, that's what I want to get off my chest. <laughs> I know, like I said, I'm, I'm not laughing. I'm just kind of like, you know, uh, I'm perplexed. Uh, and uh, and uh, hopefully we can... Uh, I don't know. I hope everybody who got laid off is uh, is okay. That's basically what I want to say. And uh, and there you go. And then Super Lead 100 says it gets paid to the investors. The My gut feeling is that's exactly it. I've seen this, like I said, in the finance industry, this happens a lot. The company does really well and it has a big dividend and it's sitting there and they can. your choices are simple. You can pay it to your employees and your investors and put some back in the company. You can put it back into the company. You can pay it just to your investors. So again, this kind of always stinks of let's just cash it out and give it to the investors. And, uh, and again, we don't know that for sure, but you know, we're going to talk about it. And if we do find out the right answer, we'll definitely talk about it again on the platform. Because again, you guys should know it's your money. You're all guitar players are sitting here right now on this Friday afternoon. We're all guitar players. We're all taking our hard earned money and buying guitars. And, you know, and, uh, and, uh, you know, we want to know, I know, I know I want to know. I want to know. I bought during the pandemic, I bought a $4,000, uh, American custom shop Stratocaster. And, uh, and so I obviously, um, I told you guys I was having trouble throughout the pandemic with Fender's quality, getting certain guitars that I feel were up to snuff to keep. But that was one of the guitars I bought. That was the only really thing I bought other than I bought an amp for the video for, cause you guys wanted to see a video of an amp. Um, that's a huge expense. And I hate the idea that I gave that money to Fender so they could give it to some investor who doesn't even play guitar and then lay off someone who just wants to build guitars for a living. And it just pisses me off on every level. So, and, uh, so I hope that's not the case. I hope that's not the case. We will see. But that's the news. The reason I'm talking about it today is uh, is that you guys are really messaging me heavy. Um, apparently, it rippled through the industry pretty quick that there was layoffs. I think it's because, like me, a lot of people were a little shocked, right? Um, just like with Guitar Center last month, a little shocked because it seems... Yes, with the market and the climate we're in, it seems possible this could happen, but it didn't seem like it, this is the, it should happen so new jerk so fast, like I said. Just remind you again one more time, in March, remember, record boom sales, let's brag about that, and then, uh, and then, and then let's do layoffs, I don't know, seems weird. Um, so obviously, I'm sure you guys will have comments about that. We'll talk about that 
But more importantly, we're going to talk about positive things on the show because I don't want to end the week. I don't want you to start your weekend with all this negativity. I want you guys to be aware of it, and then we'll talk about positivity. First thing I want to talk about positive is uh, I have another shirt swap. This is RJ's Cave. I have a link in the description. RJ's Cave is a YouTube channel. I think he has like 9,000 subscribers. I think that's what I saw when I was looking at a uh, couple of his videos and stuff. Uh, another guitar enthusiast channel. And as you guys know, I like to uh, share the love. RJ sent me a shirt and a mug. I'm not using your mug today, RJ. I haven't even really checked it out. Um, uh, when I was in uh, Moab, my kids were getting the mail and they opened up, took a picture, and that's how I knew I got a mug. Um, I don't know where they put it when I came back. I couldn't figure out where they put it, but I at least want to make sure I wear the shirt. And of course, uh, there'll be a delay, but eventually my wife will send you a, um, a shirt back. Please make sure, RJ, if you haven't emailed me or given any information to, my, uh, to us so my wife can do this, um, please... Uh, please uh, make sure we have your address and your shirt size so we can send you back a shirt. Or if you'd like a mug, uh, maybe we'll do a mug swap instead. Uh, just let me know. Um, uh, the mug might be cooler for you, so you know, because if you get a mug, it will actually be a mug made, a coffee mug made by my wife. My wife will actually, she makes it. I see how nice I am to volunteer her for work. <laughs> and I know right now, because I'm watching her all day today, she's seriously behind, because right now she's, uh, we obviously were a week at Moab, and then now she's been back, and she's been making sure that anyone who got a uh, a uh, Valiant mini base uh, that was shipped here, is, is that's being taken care of. So, um, So there you go. All right. Uh, yes. Uh, and like I said, so we'll get into subjects. Um, there was a subject here. Uh, this is Happy Go Lucky. And he wants to know, uh, with things starting to slow down a bit in the guitar market, do you think uh, we'll start to see an increase in mergers of acquisitions? Uh, who do you think wins and loses? Um I don't know. That's always possible. The one thing I worry about, and this is what I, I'll, I'll talk about, and again, we... This show's 272 episodes, and uh, so obviously we've been doing this for many years, and over the years, we've had different markets and different worlds, obviously COVID, pre-COVID, uh, ups and downs, booming economies, slower economies. So um, I'm just going to give you the feedback I, I think that the market at the time deserves. Right now, I think the biggest fear in the current guitar market is um, you're seeing, you're going to see this, like I told you guys a couple months ago, you're going to see a little dangerous part. And I, I experienced this in the recession, the big recession. It was really dangerous. And what it was, was, you know, pre-recession, last recession, 2008, there was a boom just like this. And the scary part that happened to me personally, and I'm just sharing my, like I said, a lot of times I share these stories that I wish, I love to tell you, I'm so smart and I figured it out. I'm telling you my mistakes and the things that happened to me, these are my experiences so that hopefully we, uh, maybe you'll learn from them without the pain of what I had to go through. During the last boom recession, there was a, what happened that was really tough for me was, you know, you couldn't get product. People were there to buy stuff all the time. So you would start ordering deeper. And that happened this time too as well. And so you order deeper so you have more product coming. And you got a little bit more... Uh, you got a little bit more crazy with your ordering because maybe you know you can only sell certain types of guitars, but right now it's just about getting product to the customer. And I remember the first part of the recession where it really started noticing was all of a sudden deliveries became more frequent. Like every day it was like, boom, there's more guitars. Boom, there's more guitars. Boom, there's more guitars. And at first I was so excited, right? Because you're like, finally, I have guitars for people. And then you'd start noticing there's less people walking in the door, less traffic, less traffic, less traffic. And the traffic coming in, we're all of a sudden buying different things. And so there's a double-edged sword, I guess. That's, maybe that's not even accurate. There's two things that you need to focus on right now in this current market. 
you're going to have a slowdown of customers. That's just a fact. Because again, we're not even talking about a recession. We're talking about the fact that we had a boom and the boom is over. So regardless of what happens next, we're just not going to sell guitars at that insane number. That had never, no one's ever seen those numbers before. I had never seen those. Nobody has seen those. I know. I talked to enough companies on the phone uh, that are in this industry to tell you that they all had numbers that nobody could comprehend. So the point is the slowdown uh, of products is a, a thing, but the other thing is you're gonna have customers, of course, as the market adjusts, they adjust what they wanna purchase. So you're gonna have a lot of dealers that are all of a sudden gonna have more inventory and a lot more of the wrong inventory. And uh, that's where it gets dangerous for the mid to smaller dealers. They're gonna take it on the chin the hardest because Again, the margins are very small, and as the volume goes down, there's bigger companies can force manufacturers to take back product that isn't gonna move uh, with buybacks and stuff like that, or adjust, because there's leverage they can put on it, like, hey, we'll, we wanna send this back, or we want this credited, and obviously the, the smaller and mid-sized dealers don't have that kind of power. So mergers, I, it's possible. I think what you're really gonna see is, like I said, um, you're gonna see a lot of companies that are smart trying to pivot uh, that's the term I use all the time. I like to, uh, the term pivot. A lot of companies right now should be focusing on pivoting. Um, whether you realize it or not, just on YouTube, besides my other businesses, on YouTube, I have to pivot all the time. Um, for instance, you guys have seen it over the years. And uh, uh, give you an example, when the market slows down and you guys aren't buying as many guitars, you'll notice I immediately pivot on the videos. They're not so much review-based anymore. Now they're informationally based. Maybe they're more fun, like, 50 brands you never heard of and stuff because as people don't spend as much money, you don't want to make videos about buying things because that just reminds people they don't want to buy, you know, they don't want to buy anything or they can't buy anything right now. You maybe want to make videos because what I've learned is this, regardless of the any economy I've ever been through in my life, again, more importantly than an economy, regardless of any financial situation I've been in my life, whether I'm on the high road or the low road of, a, of my personal economy, um, I've always loved talking about guitars. So I want to hear about guitars and talk about guitars, but maybe not all the time buying stuff. So, so things will change. So like I said, everybody has to be ready to pivot all the time to something that makes more sense for their either their customer base or their viewer base. Um, so there you go. Now we're going to talk about hopefully guitar, guitar stuff. <laughs> um, the, uh, uh, 3J Music says, Hey Phil, do you feel pickups play an important, uh, I'm saying part, he's just an important, important, uh, Oh, roll. Important role when using a digital or modeling amp as they do when they're using a tube amp. Um, yes, I believe they, I, I, I believe they, it's just as important, but it's different roles that they're playing. So for instance, think of it like this way. Um, when I play a guitar, when I grab one of these guitars off the wall and I plug into my, whether it's my Kemper or, uh, maybe that, uh, the Yamaha, uh, <laughs> Yamaha, <laughs> people are like, I say Yamaha. I think that's wrong. Uh, but I know this, everyone I asked that I know that I live with and my friends, I asked them, how do you say it? And they say it the same way I is. So it's some, something about where you live is how you learn to enunciate things or pronounce things. I should say, sorry. Um, uh, anyways, uh, the, uh, the main difference is this, um, pickups are just as important, but it's not like a tube amp. Sometimes you need a pickup to push the tube amp a little bit harder. You don't really need a pickup to push a, a digital uh, modeling or profiling amplifier. However, those amplifier, those products, digital modeling and, and, uh, profiling will react to pickups in a lot of ways, like, like a, a tube amp is. So, um, 
I still think it plays an important role. I think it's the most important role the guitar has to play, which is why I focus so much of my time learning about them and doing them for so many years. Because especially, you know, when you when you have you have the situation I've had where I've done hundreds and hundreds of reviews of things, you start noticing over time, not that everything sounds the same. I see people coming to that conclusion. I don't come to that conclusion at all. I don't feel like everything feels or sounds the same. I feel like there's just certain things you see when you see a success and a failure that become constants. So whenever I see a guitar, for instance, whenever I see you guys react really well to the way a guitar sounds, there's so, it always seems to be how well the pickups did, more so than anything else. So that's just a thought. Uh, Denal, I, I think it's D Dana, Dana Lee, uh, says, Hey, Phil, I just ordered my first PRSS two and it's your fault. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll take, uh, I'll take blame for it. Don't, don't feel bad. Um, uh, I bought one too. Where's mine right there. I, oh, I can't, my camera won't move. Hold on. There it is. I have a, a PRSS two 594 thin line in the blue right there. Um, that I, I think I can't say it's the only guitar I bought this year, but it's, I don't, I think I've only bought one or two guitars this year, you know, um, and, and I know you guys are like, what? No, it's, I mean, besides for, for the channel is not what I think about all the time. It's for me personally, that guitar I didn't buy for review. I bought it for me. Uh, I just, I just really liked it and wanted it. Um, and I love it. So, um, uh, let's see. <laughs> Sorry, because you guys are making funny comments. Um, let's see. Uh, we have what? We have more stuff, more questions, uh, more subjects. Um, uh, this is comes from Michael, who says, Hey, Phil, what are your thoughts on the new Epiphone smaller guitars for the younger guitar player? They look good and sound good. I think Gibson will do uh, well with these nut models. What do you say? Uh, I say... What do I say? I say yes. I I agree. Uh, when I when I got to see the Gibson folks at the uh, PRS event, no, sorry, not PRS event, the Sweetwater Gear event, uh, and I did that video with uh, Dinesh and those guys. Um, one of them was talking about this new line of uh, of, of Epiphone guitars. They're very excited that they were going to be like sub two fifty, two hundred fifty dollars, and um, it was an interesting conversation because. Um, when I met the Gibson guys that were there, the folks that were there, um, one of the things we talked about was that video I did at Sweetwater a couple days before where I said, oh, I did a video and I did a what guitar would I buy under $500 video. And they said, oh, how'd it go? And I said, well, obviously I could still find great guitars for under $500. So that was cool part of the video. But I said, I was really shocked to see how many guitars from Fender and Gibson and IE, I mean, uh, Squire and Epiphone were not sub $500. And I told him, I said, I kind of feel like Squire and Epiphone had the same thing in common where it was like, yeah, you could buy a guitar for t under 200 bucks, but it was like a student level instrument. And then immediately they went right over five, $600. And I said, man, I feel like everybody was missing the three, $400 pri price point. And I said, I kind of feel like that's why a lot of these new brands are popping up and scooping up those price points. And they said, yes, we, we agree with you. And I said, oh, cool. And they, they or at least they agree with my findings. And they said, we have a new line of these new student instruments. And, uh, and that was them. And uh, very cool. They talked about maybe sending one out for the review on the channel. If they do, I would de definitely do it for sure. Uh, I told them I would be more than happy to, to do that. Uh, and, uh, you know, give it a deep dive video, you know, go through it and see what, what we see and what we do, uh, what it does. But it's uh, very cool. I like the idea. Look, I, I'm for anything that's going to get a player into guitar. And 
you got to understand there's one thing that's really cool about Gibson and Fender and, and those two brands, particularly those two brands. Um, there's something that when you get into a new hobby, whether it's music or bicycling or snowboarding or skiing, <laughs> I just keep naming, bowling, I'll just keep going, <laughs> fishing. Um, you know, people who are new, sometimes they, there's, you, you lose potential people to that, to that uh, hobby because they get overwhelmed with the choices, they get overwhelmed with the price points. And a lot of times that's what's great about having a well-known brand is a lot of times they can just make a very relaxed decision to go, okay, look, uh, I've heard of this brand and this price point's what I wanna spend. And and it makes people feel good and they just buy it, you know, and, and that's what's great. And I think, um, and I, I could tell you right now what we what we learned with uh, when I was a Fender dealer. What we learned with Fender was when Fender got back because Fender was always in the acoustic game. But when they got back in the acoustic game really hard, we would sell a lot of good good uh, Fender acoustics because to most guitar players, when you think Fender, you don't think acoustics, so it's not something that comes in your mindset. But for most, the average non guitar player, when they would walk in a store and they go you know, this is my budget, $200, $250. And you're like, oh, you can get a Fender guitar, like a CD60 with a case, um, which is the model. They were like, oh, let's do it. And it didn't even matter what it sounded like. doesn't matter if I could show them four of the guitar brands that maybe for the same price were a little better sounding or maybe a little better built or maybe had more options. But it was that, okay, I know this brand. This is the price I want to pay. And now I'm on the right road. And it wasn't a bad guitar. So it's a really nice thing that sometimes they do that. So I think the same thing with Epiphone. I think Epiphone uh, uh, trying to attract a stu uh, more students, more guitar players, you know, beginning guitar players, more kids, more young adults. Um, I think it's always a good idea, right? It's, a, it's great. It's a, it's a great idea. And um, so I'm for it. Because although we all know that you can get really great guitars for under $250. Um, you gotta kinda know, especially on the internet, where those are. I mean, the average person uh, starting to play guitar is not gonna know a Harley Benton or not gonna know a Ert or not gonna know, you know, um, a, a Firefly or, uh, you know, uh, insert brand here, you know, of affordable price point brands that seem to do really well for the price point. They're not gonna find those in for the most part. And if they did, there's little probably going to be reluctant of the name because they're like, I don't know this brand. Is it any good? So. And. Uh, OK, and then the next one. Is from old man Fran, who says, hey, uh, my friend just bought a 30 watt Marshall. Um, I think it's Astora, Astoria, Astoria. That's uh, if you guys remember, that's the one with the racing stripes, right? They were kind of. Uh, I don't want to say boutique, but kind of more expensive uh, Marshalls. I think they came in green and blue and red. I think that's the amp he's talking about. It's a very nice amp, but it was very expensive. I've never even played one. I've always wanted to, but it was one of those things like it was just really expensive, a little different. And I didn't, you know, never got to physically get around one. He says uh, he lives in an apartment. Uh, is that too loud of an amp uh, or is it okay with a master volume and power reduction to five? Um, here's what I can tell you. The great thing about today, today being... Today, <laughs> today, this Friday, July 29th. Now, the great thing about the times today is uh, no amp is too loud anymore. You know, I, I, if you're gonna, if you're not in a serious, like 
trying to keep to a budget. Obviously, if you're buying an amp like that, even used, that's a pretty expensive amp. I would seriously tell you to consider the Two Notes products or the uh, uh, Universal Audio Aux. Um, any of those products are going to be amazing. Plug your amp into that. You can plug headphones in basically into those things. Fantastic. At this, at this point, um, when I started making YouTube videos, uh, I remember one of the biggest problems was I would want to play at night to prep for tomorrow. Like, okay, I'm going to record this video tomorrow. I want to get used to the amp, used to the guitar and get with it. And you know, my family would be like, oh, it's so loud. And I'm like, well, I can't really turn it down because I really need to hear what it sounds like so I can talk about it tomorrow and be versed in it. And now I, I constantly do this. I plug into the, the, the two notes. Um, I have a two notes in one room and I have the uh, aux in the other room and I plug whatever I want into that and I can play at any volume and I, it's, it's fantastic. I love it. And I play all night, and then the next day I, you know, turn it up and record it, uh, you know, with the microphone. But either way, it's fan it's fantastic. So I would look into those products and don't have any fear now. Like I said, I, if you ever wanted, even if you wanted a 100 watt Marshall Plexi, let's say that was your dream amp, and for some reason you're like, I guess you can't justify it because you can't turn it up. You can absolutely buy one of those products. There's, and there's so many attenuators that are so great out there. The Fryad is a fantastic. Uh, obviously, I, I like uh, the uh, um, I like the Rivera Rock Crusher, but I mean, some of these other ones are really great if you just want to even use headphones and stuff. But I mean, uh, uh, what is it? The Tone King. Oh, man, amazing, right? The Iron Man 2. Plug that into that amp. Oh, it's fantastic. You'll, you'll be able to play the amp at every level. And and if you're on the budget, I've done the review with the Bajera. Bujera, Bujera one, uh, which is uh, fine. If you look at the comments, there's a couple people saying like they're smoked. <laughs> Some of their things did uh, problems. I had no problem with the one I, I and I bought that one. That wasn't sent out to me by anybody of uh, that company. Obviously, I just bought that one because you guys. Uh, in fact, as you guys know, my wife's not real big hip on Behringer products, and I bought it just because you guys said, "Oh, Phil, you know, you keep looking at expensive ones, but what about this cheap one?" I ran it through his paces and it did fine. However, like I said, one review is not all reviews, so. That's why you need to read the comments. There's a fair amount of people who are very happy with it and a fair amount of people who are having issues with it. But at that price point, I think you're going to take a crapshoot anyways, and it's up to you what you want to do. But uh, I can tell you right now, all of the products I've mentioned before, which is um, uh, the Tone King or the Two Notes or the Aux or the Fryet, um, and I'm probably missing one or two there. Uh, absolutely fantastic products. Absolutely, absolutely fantastic plug whatever, like I said, plug a hundred watt Marshall or Plexi in it. You can play with headphones now. Who cares? Sounds fantastic. Um, <laughs> the zombie guitar company is like, Bujera, Bujera. That's a better name. <laughs> I like that. Um, okay. Okay, let's see. Oh, fix uh, 928 says, hey, Phil, I just got your pickups and the T-shirt, and it rocks. Thank you. It's great to hear that. I, I've been really, really happy. I've been afraid to say this for a while because it's been a couple years now, but I've been, I, I, we've, had, we've had no returns on the pickups and no issues so far. And I always say I'm never going to say that because if I say that, we're going to get, obviously, returns and problems. But so far, so good. And uh, that's a pre pretty crazy thing. Uh, fantastic. Um, so... Yes, I will be winding all next week. <laughs> so that will be, that's my week next week. And videos, of course, don't worry. I know always videos and videos. 
Um, and if I'm lucky this weekend, I'm gonna install this kill switch from Tessie Switch. This is, <laughs> I've been wanting, like I, this, I've been staring at this beautiful chrome switch. I told you guys last week, you sent me the black one, a chrome one, a gold one. I've been staring at this switch on my desk all week going, I could, I could go downstairs real quick and just install it real fast. And I even got as far as the guitar is now out of the room and downstairs on the bench. So maybe it happened, but I have other stuff to do. So it's hard to, it's hard. I can't justify doing it. It, it. I go to do something like that for myself. And then I go, oh, everybody who has a small business totally understands this, right? You go to do something for yourself and the guilt crawls up the back of your neck of like, well, technically you have a customer. And I'm like, oh yeah, I, I can't, I can't, you can't do your own stuff in front of somebody else's stuff. It just, it, it just, it, it gets to you. Um, uh, <laughs> let's see. Old man Fran also has another question. It says, uh, Hey Phil, I was, how was the time off? It was great. That was the longest I've ever had off in, uh, I'd say in my life, but I think it actually might be my life. Um, as I've told you guys before, I've been self-employed now, uh, like 18 years and the longest vacation my wife and I and like family would ever take is three days and maybe three and a half for like travel time. But three days was always the max we would ever take because, you know, there's always some fire that's going to get worse as you know, as you know, it's uh, something's going to go wrong. And, uh, and so that was the first time going to Moab. We were gone. That was the first time for a vacation. I was ever gone for, uh, like six, seven days. It was a long time. Uh, now I know some of you guys, so you know, just in case some of you guys are like, well, didn't you make videos and just, I did do some light work and I was responding to some emails when I could get Wi-Fi and stuff. And I was doing some stuff, but ultimately I think if you collectively put all that together, it was maybe a day and a half worth of work. Maybe. Yeah. Day, day and a half. So I think fair. So it was a good, it was five days off. This was really nice. It was very, very nice. So, so th and thank you for asking. That was great. Like I said, um, and I only tell you that guys that don't, don't ever, Trust me, I got the best gig ever. I get to sit around and talk. Think of this. I'm at work right now with you guys hanging out, doing talking about guitars. This is, I'm I'm very lucky to do everything I get to do. Um, so there's no no sad frowny face for me. I only tell you because, like I said, I know some of you guys, as you guys do, go down your first journey of either YouTube channel or uh, entrepreneurial stuff or starting a business, you have to understand, like, you know, that's what you have to give up. <laughs> Those the The idea of taking a week off is a very scary, scary thing. So, uh, for any small business, uh, they, uh, right now, listening, there's gotta be a, a bunch of you and you're all nodding. I know it. I can, I can, I can feel you nodding. Like, yes, there's no way I could take a week off. Everything would go to hell. And then I would spend two months fixing it. Uh, Brad Guitar Miller says, I think this is right. Happy birthday. Yeah, thank you. This week was my birthday. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. It was a very nice birthday. Um, my daughter for the summer decided to take to to take two jobs. So my my daughter's working two jobs. Um, that's awesome, right? Crazy, but awesome. So because she's working two jobs tonight after the show will be the first time we get to go to dinner. So tonight will be my, you know, I'm going to go out with the family to dinner for the birthday. So thank you, uh, Brad Guitar Miller, for the wish. I appreciate that. Vim sixty nine also said, "Wish you happy birthday." Thank you. I appreciate it. Like I said, very, very. Very nice of you guys. Thank you. Uh, and then David also do a super chat, and I appreciate that. Rich says, hey, Phil, what do you think of Victory's new 180-watt hybrid tube solid-state amp pedal? Is this the format of the future? I do think this is where the market will lean for the future for a ton of reasons. And what I mean by this is um, not only hybrid and stuff, everyone always, <laughs> everyone meaning all us 
older folk uh, constantly bring up like back in the back in the day they had a hybrid amps and they flopped and back in the day they did this and they flopped right and um, and there's a difference now and here's the difference and all of you watching like I said this is what's great about a guitar community is everybody kind of relates it and no matter where your level in this journey is you can relate to the fact that shipping is out of control right now I mean $100 to ship a guitar is minimum shipping an amp is very expensive shipping anything and then transporting stuff whether you know if you're on touring and stuff and those are real problems that everybody has to deal with and if you're a, a working musician this is a real obstacle for you how do you justify two 412 cabinets, right? With the expense of, not only the expense of the cabinets, but the expense of, you know, transporting those things. And so you're going to see more and more, more so than before COVID, you're going to see more and more musicians switching to lighter and lighter and smaller rigs. And that's going to definitely be the future. And so it's never, to me, it's never been about, and I've said this before, it will never be about when does modeling or profiling beat tube amps are as good as the same thing or when does this hybrid technology of half solid state half you know uh tube amps and these floor amps and stuff when do they sound as good as the real deal i don't think it's ever going to be about that i think it's as practical and as simple as you know look at some point you have six thousand songs in your phone okay so after a while it's just and your phone just immediately bluetooths your car and at that point you know really how do you justify taking a giant cd case full of CDs, 300 CDs, because that's what I used to do, right? I used to drink three, uh, one of those brick boxes or, you know, folder things. I guess it's a folder of uh, CDs. And um, I even remember, think about this. This is so crazy. I remember one time I went to on a trip with my wife and I brought two folders of CDs. There was probably about 200 CDs per folder and they got stolen. And it was devastating. I mean, the amount of money, think about that. It's, I, I, there's nothing they could steal now out of my car that would equal that. There, my phone, uh, I could leave a laptop in there and it wouldn't cost with that. I don't even know what that cost. Uh, well, think of this. If it was $10 a CD, think about the money right there times 200. It was crazy. Or 400. Sorry, it was two, two. And I actually, what I remember about that, this will tell you like funny thing about the times. What I remember after it got stolen on my car, I remember going through the, the, the neighborhood that we were at and going in every trash can for blocks in each direction because I told my wife, I go, the worst thing about this was, I said, I had such a, I have such a strange taste in music. You know, the average person's not, you're not going to find all that music very interesting. And so I told my wife, I go, they're probably going to just get them and throw them away in the trash. Right. And uh, they didn't. So maybe maybe with music taste wasn't that bad. Uh, or maybe the thieves have really bad taste in music. I don't know how it works. But my point is, is uh, is practically now this is so simple. Same thing with an amplifier. If you asked me, you know, uh, what do I want to haul? Uh, you know, do I want to haul a big tube amplifier? Why don't I take one of those pedal platform amplifiers? I, I want to take a pedal platform amplifier. So I think that's going to be a a part of it. And they do sound good. I have not tried the victory stuff, the new victory stuff. I haven't heard it in any form and way, but, um, I've tried some of this hybrid, uh, stuff. In fact, I even had a company reach out and had, send me one from another brand. It was very cool, but they have another premium model. And I said, you know, I think you should really send the premium model and we'll do a video of that. So I can do, show you guys the premium and the, the lower price model, because I, th I think it would help. And, um, because of obviously supply chain issues, they're having trouble getting that model to me. So, but um, obviously I've done the Blue Amp 1 and stuff like that. And I, I, I think that stuff is great. Like I said, it's more, to me, that's definitely more suited for people who are gigging more. So, and traveling and stuff like that. But still very cool. Um, 
By the way, old man Fran says uh, how, when he said how how was my time off. He also wanted to says the Vox Korg new new tube is one of the few changes in amp tech. Have you tried these amps? How do they compare to uh, V Classic tubes? Um, I've tried the new tube technology in the Tube Screamer pedal. I think that's the same tube, right? And the same, if I'm thinking of the same product. I haven't tried any of the Vox Korg new tube stuff. Um, but but again, I've said this be, before when it comes to that product and all those kind of products. I like, I buy mostly tube amps and I use mostly tube amps because I like good, I like things that have a sound that I'm looking for. And, and like, I'd love to say, I like a good sound, but I mean, that's objective, right? Um, the... Um, uh, but the point is that, um, <laughs> sorry, the point is, is that, like I said, um, I, I, I like good sounding amps. However, most amps that are good sounding tend to be tube amps to my ears. However, I have all kinds of amps and, and, uh, I like them. So I don't really have a hang up on that. There's nothing in me that says I have to have a tube amp. There's nothing. Like I said, I use my Kemper just as much as any amp. I'm looking around the room. Any amp in this room, I use the Kemper just as much. Um, I, I have uh, crazy, you know, I'll say, in my opinion, I feel like they're crazy expensive. I have crazy expensive amps that I absolutely love. And then I can play like the Yamaha or the uh, the Spark and be just as happy. Uh, it's like I said, it just depends on what I'm after. And and what I, and one of the things I think about tube amps when I'm really thinking about what I like about tube amps, a lot of it has to do with volume, how loud they can get. Like I said, I I can take a two amp and run it through the aux or a two notes and get a great sound at low volume, but I can also just use a smaller amp, uh, solid state amplifier and get a great sound that I like. Um, uh, Grumpy Mike Guitar says, hey, for the tone jar and why not? New guitar day for me. Oh, we got a new guitar. He says, I use your Sweetwater affiliate link. Thank you. I appreciate that. They, uh, that, uh, that check will come rolling in. No, I appreciate you guys when you guys use the affiliate links. I think I've said this before and I'll cover it again because I feel like a lot of channels don't really explain this correctly with the affiliate links. And this goes for most affiliate links. When I say most, I mean, obviously the most, <laughs> most of them, uh, most affiliate links, like I said, how they work is if you click on the links down below, um, I don't know if there's any affiliate links on this particular video, but on most of my videos, there's all kinds of affiliate links. They'll be like Sweetwater or Reverb or Amazon or just a few, you know, but there's a bunch. And uh, in most cases, if you click on those links and you like, let's say you check out the product, right? So I'll use Sweetwater the best because that makes the most sense because this is on par with this or on the subject. If you click a Sweetwater link and let's say for a product I reviewed and you don't buy that product, that doesn't mean I don't get anything. What happens is, is for the next 14 days, if you buy anything at Sweetwater, um, I will get a, a, a piece of that. I will get a percentage of that. Uh, in, in, and there's all kinds of caveats of why I don't get paid. For instance, you could click somebody else's affiliate link in the meantime. If it's out of stock and you put it on order, they don't tend to pay me, I think. And there's other there's all kinds of exclusions. Reverb does it too as well. Um, and that's why I tell you guys not to worry about it so much. It's so crazy and convoluted on how, when you get some kind of payment or don't get a payment. But the point is, is that just clicking the links means at some point, if you purchase something, I'll get paid. Amazon is probably the most, most aggressive in the crazy it is because what happens is I'll put a link, let's say to a pedal, you click the link to pedal and you go, okay, I'm not buying a pedal. But then tomorrow you remember you need dog food. You buy dog food. I actually get a little piece of your dog food. <laughs> a piece of the payment, not the actual food. They don't send me a piece, but, um, and so there you go. Uh, there, you, there you go. So, uh, congratulations on the new guitar day. Now, of course, we're all like, what was the guitar? So you're going to have to put in the comments. What, 
what the guitar was, Mike. <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah, they, uh, yeah, and then, uh, uh, Gene says just clicking helps. I, I, and you don't have to buy. I agree with that because I think they also pay attention to analytics, a lot of these companies. And so a lot of times when you click on one of these affiliate links, and even if you don't purchase, they know that this video or this channel or me sent so many people to their website and that has an effect too. And maybe they want to work with you even more. Um, and like I said, I don't get hung up on that too much. Like I said, and I always remind you guys, especially remember, please don't forget, you can always call these companies and get a discount and put that money in your pocket and you will get way more than they'll ever think of giving me. And that's the main thing. If it was, if it was apples to apples, I would at least throw a, Hey man, I'd appreciate the help out. But I'm telling you, I would rather you get 5% off than me get 1%, uh, you know, uh, and, uh, because like I said, it, what I, it never makes sense at the end of the month, you can just get all of a sudden you get some royalty payment and you're like, Oh, that was pretty good. And some months you're like, wow. And some months you're like, Oh, that was nothing. So it just depends. Like I said, I, I, I tend not to put too much into it, but I appreciate you guys when you make the effort to do it. Cause I know that's, you're just, again, trying to support what, what we do here. And I appreciate that. Okay. <laughs> Margaret Margaret says, how about a Chewy link? I know what Chewy link is because my wife now does Chewy. Chewy is a, uh, not sponsored by the way. Chewy is a company that you, you get your dog food sent to your house. I know because uh, it's like, a, it was a big deal. My wife was very excited because um, uh, we have an older dog. And so my wife has to buy her special food because, uh, you know, it's always, and, and my wife has been very, always conscious of the dogs. My, uh, and I have to tell you to my wife's credit. And again, I just kind of feel guilty if I don't mention this to my wife's credit, my wife's always bought really expensive dog food and I've never complained because I don't complain about that stuff, but I always like took notice of it because you're like, wow, that seems like a lot of money for whatever she's buying. And, uh, my wife's, uh, I say my wife's dogs, my, um, our oldest dog is 12 years old and you would never know that if you looked at her. You, no one ever guesses that she's old, that old. She is in great shape. And um, I'm sure it's because my wife spent that crazy money on that food. Or at least that's what I'm going to tell myself because, hey, <laughs> like, good job. <laughs> that was good. Okay, so uh, next question comes from Pedaly. Pedaly uh, is a, 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 says, for the pedal jar and welcome back. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, and then Voodoo Fist says, Hey, Phil, thank you for all you do and for always keeping it honest and real. I try and transparent and transparent is more so, I think more important than anything else. Let you see what's going on. Hoping your summer is going well. $10 for the tip jar. Uh, summer's doing, doing great. Uh, like I said, it's been very, very cool. Um, Wilson says, what advice would you give someone building their first parts caster? I appreciate your channel. Thank you for the expertise. Sure. Uh, you know, my, my best advice for putting together your first uh, kit guitar or parts guitar is um, basically uh, do, you know the saying, measure twice and cut once, right? Same thing. Um, be, take your time. You will fix more of your mistakes than you will fix of anything else. And most of your mistakes come from this 
feeling, and I always tell people, especially, it doesn't even, it has nothing to do with parts guitars, but it's just advice I give anybody for working on anything. And especially though, repairing guitars or, or like I said, building guitars or building part guitars is this. Um, you have to understand as you get closer to finishing it, you get more anxious. And the more anxious you get, the more mistakes you make and the more of the bad decisions that you do. You, like I said, you are your worst enemy in the, well, you know, sometimes you're like, I'll take that neck off and I'll sand that right there. And then you're like, oh, but it's almost done. I'll just do it while it's, and that's, like I said, as soon as you make a decision like that, that's where you're going to be go wrong. As soon as you don't take the time, take the time. It, don't try to pry under things and do things. Like I said, take the time to put it together. Uh, and allocate yourself a very generous, generous amount of time to do this project. What what I think that's one of the things that the best feedback I ever got over the years doing videos about modding or repairing or anything for you guys was from people who watched a video and then were inspired to do it. And although I get a lot of like, man, thank you, Phil, you're so great. But the some of the best feedback I ever got was you moved fast and you made it look easy and boy, is it hard. And I, you know, and, and I've learned over the years, like, yeah, I got to tell people like, uh, you know, if I, it's my 30th time doing this or my 300th time doing this or my 10th time doing this. So yeah, it's a different, it's a different, you know, I'll move at a different pace. Um, and so, yeah, when you're first time doing this stuff, like I said, take your time. Uh, don't, don't get anxious. And also, also walk away, walk away. I don't mean for a minute, walk away tomorrow, you know, right. And, you know, even if you, and I, I know real, real life stuff happens. So you're like, okay, you're finishing up Sunday afternoon. If you don't finish it this afternoon, you got to go to work on Monday and you won't even be able to start working on it again until next Saturday. You know what? Just go, that's fine. You'll be better for it. And that's my best advice. More so than any techniques or skills is, again, is that, is the mentality. Because it ha that happens at every skill level. To this day, I have to fight those urges. I have to fight, like, uh, you know, I'm working on something, and if I could just get it done, it'd be, it'd be great. And um, I have to tell myself, no, no, you'll make a mistake, and that mistake costs you either in time or you know, sometimes it makes it bums you out because you do something you can't, you can't fix as well, or you don't, you know, or you have, you can fix it, but again, it adds time. So I would just, like I said, go slow, take your time, but also, like I said, uh, be conscious of your own anxiousness because <laughs> it happens to all of us. We get a little, and then that, like I said, map it out as much as you can and then go for it and have fun, have fun. That's always the best advice I always do. Um, Aaron says, Hey, Phil, I play gigs with my TM Twin, a Tone Master Twin. Okay, so he's talking about the uh, the Fender Tone Master Twin amplifier. So it's 212 Twin, but it's the super light one. Uh, yesterday, I busted out the Victory Jack and remembered why I bought it. Where is the line between convenience and pure tonal bliss? <laughs> yeah, uh, DI and weight is hard to ignore. Yeah, exactly. Think about this, Aaron. You just touched on what we were just talking about about the you know the CDs versus the phone and the convenience versus the tone. And there's just you got to find that middle ground with that you know with everything you do, and that's just the reality of it. That's the reality of it. Look, I, I have this, my in my YouTube world, my biggest fight with myself is the microphones. I'll be miking something and I'll put it in the interface and I'll record it and I'll go, oh, it sounds good. And then I put it in the aux and I go, oh, it sounds great. <laughs> I actually, the one thing about the aux and the two notes too, but they're different, but they're kind of the same. The one thing I don't like about them for what I do is I think they make everything. That's why I tell you guys to get them. They're, they're great. They make everything sound great. That's great if, uh, there's a lot of greats in that sentence. That's great if 
you know, you want to hear pleasing sound. It's great if you're recording and you want great sound. It's not so great for some, what I'm doing where I want you to have a realistic expectation of what this sounds like and, you know, how much of that is. In fact, one of the questions I get a lot is like, somebody's like, I'll play a $200 guitar and maybe I'm playing it through a $1,500 amp. And they go, wow, that guitar sounds good because that amp. And I'm like, it's true, but I'll be honest with you. The miking of it and how it's miked and how it's preamped into the interface and stuff and what preamp I use and what I did when I recorded will probably have more effect on how that actually sounded than anything else. And that's why I'm so try, I try to keep that stuff. You can't eliminate that. It just colors the sound, but it, it's not to me, it's not never about good or bad sound. It's about, are you in the room with me? That's all I'm after. Are you in the room? If you watch this video, literally this is all I think about. If you watched a video and then came over to my house and plugged in this in this room right now, would you go, wow, it doesn't sound anything like that. I would not want that reaction. I'd want you to go, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a little warmer in the room, and that's why I say things like that. Like, to me in the room, it sounds a little bassier, or it sounds a little thinner. I kind of give you a little bit of feedback, but again, like I said, a review to me is a different animal than recording for making music or anything like that, but, but yeah. So there you go. That's the practical versus the tone. Uh, Brandon Trey, I'm going to say Borup, Borup. Uh, he says, Hey Phil, love your channel. What is the best P90 equipped guitar on a budget between $500,000? I don't know. You know, it's funny. I, I don't know. I, I, you know, I used to make jokes that I have a Kramer curse, which by the way, I still have a Kramer curse. The Kramer curse is actually kind of funny. Um, I didn't even know the Kramer curse was still happening because Longtime viewers know what the Kramer curse is. So you guys know I've said I've never really played a Kramer. I've I've worked on a few. I've had a couple come in through, you know, through my hands the years, but I've never really had one. And then one day in a music store, I found one, fell in love with it and bought it, did a video where I talked about it. And then uh, a friend of, of mine in the industry emailed me that night and said, oh my God, that's my guitar for when I was a kid. And it was. And so I had him pay me what I paid for it and we shipped it off. And actually Cheddar Kung Pao, Cheddar Kung Pao, you guys, a lot of you guys know Cheddar. Cheddar uh, super chatted and paid for the shipping to him to get the guitar to him, which was really kind of him. And um, and I was like, oh, and now I don't have a Kramer any again. And that was the only Kramer. And then I bought a, uh, a, a, a um, uh, Dave the Snake's uh, Sabo uh, Kramer and it came defective. And I was really bummed because I'm a huge Skid Row fan and I'm a huge fan of the guitar. And, uh, and, to be honest with you, I, I should have just immediately got another one right after that, but it was during COVID. They were hard to get. They were just a nightmare. So I said, I made the joke that I have a Kramer curse because, you know, the one Kramer I found, I it, it had to go and the other Kramer came defective. And then at the, at the Sweetwater event, if you guys watch the video of me, the video called, uh, I should have told Gibson I play bass. In that video, I get to demo and try the new Mesa Boogie bass amp, which I loved. I'm still trying to fight off trying to buy one of those things. I tried the Gibson Acoustics, which I actually really like too. A lot of mixed reaction on that guitar, but in in the room, I enjoyed that guitar. I would I would definitely consider that as a guitar. And then uh, and then lastly, we played the Kramers, and it wasn't their fault. It was my fault. They said, you know, we were talking about them. Uh, they said, do you want to play them? And I go, well, we can just talk about them. We're not even thinking about it. And then later, I was like, I really like the guitar. And then somebody asked me a question like, well, how did it sound? And I go, I don't I don't know. We never plugged it in. And then I go, the Kramer curse. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess I... And then and then I thought about it. I went out in Sweetwater and I was looking at him going, maybe I should buy one. And then I was like, no, 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 I'll have to wait. <laughs> i have to wait. But it was a really cool guitar. If I got a Kramer, that would be the one I'd get. 
So, uh, so anyways, back to whatever it is I was talking about with Kramer curse, uh, P90 equipped guitars. So I'm starting to feel like I have a P90, uh, curse too. every manufacturer, including, uh, uh, you know, Yamaha, when they sent out the, uh, the Revstar, uh, they didn't have a P90 version. They only had, I think the humbucker versions, or at least that's how I remember it. I remember him saying something like, we'll send you the humbucker version. And I remember thinking the whole time going, man, I wish I really got to try the P90 version. Um, I haven't tried the P90 version of the Revstar, but as much as I like the Revstar and the quality of the guitar and that price point you're talking, I would say that would be the one to go with. But I haven't actually tried the P90 version. But here's what I would tell you. I like the guitar so much that I think if you got it and you didn't like those P90s, you could obviously put any P90s in there. That's a really great guitar. Um, and then I haven't tried a whole lot of other P affordable P90 guitars. Like I said, I have a bunch of P90 guitars, but none of mine are affordable, and which is really strange because it's not like it was planned out that way. It's just every time I find a P90 guitar, it seems to be on the pricey end. Merit Music Therapy Last. Hey, what's up, buddy? He says, happy birthday once again. Uh, he says, have a growler on me tonight. Uh, know your beer. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> And then it only makes me laugh because the next one's from Michael. It says, birthday margarita money. Yes. <laughs> I had my first I had my first Long Island iced tea this week. And I never tried one, but I had heard. And uh, I was drank it. And I was like, and I heard that you can't taste the liquor in this thing. And you couldn't. It was To me, it was like, tastes like lemonade and tea, kind of. I don't know. Just like an iced tea with lemonade. And uh, I remember thinking like, I don't know. This isn't a big deal. And then all of a sudden, I was like, ooh, I feel that. That was great. I loved it. Um, so if you haven't tried one, I would tell you right now, it's gonna it's slow, but then it hits you. Okay. A lot of guys commenting on the uh, Revstar P90 being a good guitar. So um, Richard says he doesn't see any P90 guitars behind me. Yeah, th this is something new. Uh, something new I decided to do. Uh, what you see behind me currently right now is, I can't say every guitar, but at the top row, because that's the most prominent row. And for those listening later on the podcast, uh, I'm talking about the row of guitars behind me. <laughs> the top row of guitars behind me, every single one of those is a video coming, uh, either really soon or in the next month. Um, but it's a video that's in the works at some point. So I decided to do that um, because of the fact that... Um, Easter eggs. So that's what that is. And then the bottom row are just my guitars. I don't think any of these guitars are here for any other reason. Nope. Every single one of them, a bottom row. Every guitar in the bottom row is one of my personal guitars and every guitar on the top row is for a video. So there you go. Technically the Ibanez in the top row that I'm pointing at right now, which is the green Ibanez, that's what guitar would I buy under $500? That is both my guitar and, uh, you know, a, a video guitar, but I mean, it's still for a video. It's a future video coming up. Vim69 says, be careful with the Long Island iced tea. Yeah, yeah. Like I, like I said, I, when I, when I, when I got it, uh, I, I, my son doesn't drink, but I, he, I apparently had watched a ton of videos on him or something. And he's like, yeah, dad, watch out. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I know it doesn't taste like anything, but, and, and then it snuck up on you. It's great. It was great. Uh, hold on a second. Um, Um, 
Hmm. I'm reading a question. I don't. I don't know. Hold on. I just want to find one I can. Sean Brooks says, hey, Phil, why is there no PRSs with P90s? There's PRSs with P90s. Not really in the core line, right? I think in the SE line only. I don't know. Maybe they don't like them. Maybe they don't like the P90s. I don't I don't know. You know, Paul, Paul Reed Smith guitars, you've got to understand, they're still kind of ran by Paul Reed Smith, Paul Smith himself, which means, you know, even though they've kind of broadened over the years into all kinds of things that people seem to want more, the company still is just like whatever Paul likes. So that's part of that. So it might be he doesn't like P90s, but they do pipe P90 guitars because I've I've seen them. I've never played a PRS with P90s, but I've seen them. I've even, I thought I've seen one or two cores, but I know I've seen SEs with P90s. Okay. Uh, let's see. Whoops. Um, I know it's so quiet. Here we go. Uh, Steve says, uh, for the birthday jar. Now there's a birthday jar. It was a pedal jar earlier. Uh, it says happy birthday, Phil. Today is my birthday. 54 years young. Hey, happy birthday. That's awesome. Uh, my birthday technically was Wednesday. So you guys know it was, uh, the 27th. It's, uh, my birthday. What's funny is, what's funny has nothing to do with YouTube. Uh, my, my own friends, one of my buddies, Joe, texted me on uh, Wednesday and he had me laughing. He's like, happy birthday, I think. And the reason is, is because for years I had two Facebook, uh, personal Facebook profiles. Uh, this has nothing to do with YouTube. It had to do with when we had the store, what happened was um, we would have a, because we had a store Facebook and then I would have a Facebook that was like for friends and family and then I'd have a, a film ignite for customers because uh, a lot of people they knew me from the store and they wanted you know to to you know say hi or whatever you know through facebook and that's why we would do it that way and um anyways the, the short version of this very boring story is that uh the birthday was always wrong on the fake fake one of mine and a fake meaning it was still mine it just didn't have my actual family on there that's really what it was always about it was never about me it was always about like i don't want access i don't want people like customers or anything i don't want them to have access to like you know my mom or like stuff like that because you know i don't i don't know you know i mean i um uh the um the problem and that's how i do how i do my facebook now differently is obviously we have the know your gear facebook which is actually me and i actually talk to you guys through that but then i have a personal facebook and on my personal facebook i have almost like you know i don't say no friends but i don't have very many friends on there and it's because mostly it's my family and again what happens is my family still doesn't understand this world uh me and my broader family and um you know, so they, they just assume like uh, that I know everybody. And that's part of the thing. And when you're in business, as you guys know, like, you know, some of you guys have LinkedIn and stuff. Sometimes, you know, people, your acquaintances with them, but you're not really, you know, you don't know them, know them. And so, um, so that's why a lot of times people have trouble figuring out what my real birthday is. Cause it had a different birthday for some reason. I don't remember why it had a different birthday, but my real birthday is on the 27th of July. So happy birthday, Steve. <laughs> And uh, thank you for the happy birthday wish back. Uh, Alex says, hey, Phil, how would I negate negate hearing a string scrape noise when I'm fretting quickly uh, using high gain amps through my DAW death metal for life? Uh, you can do that with a couple things. First, so he's talking about, I call it string screeching, you know, where you screech, but I your way is make it scraping is the same thing. Um, 
And the scraping noise or the screeching noise, uh, you can you can fix with two main things that are gonna help that. You can use any kind of string lubricant, uh, whether that be fast fret or finger ease, and there's a ton of that stuff out there. You basically put it on the strings and it's, it's gonna help. Or you can use a coated string. I would personally recommend the coated string over that, maybe go that route. If you currently have co coated strings and you have that problem, uh, I would not lubricate the coated strings. I mean, you can, I just don't think that's gonna help. I think if that problem, if you're still having that problem with the coated strings, you're just gonna have that problem. And um, it's, it's prevalent everywhere. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's one of those things, like in my experience, one of those things, sometimes people hyper-focus on a sound and then you hear it even more. You hear it so much, you can't stop hearing it. So, so you're just going to have to ignore it. <laughs> but I would definitely check out Coded Strings. That would help a lot. Uh, Thunder Falcon says, how much can I expect to pay for the Saldano mod to my JC100 head uh, I just bought? I don't know. I remember like you used to be able to send them. I don't know if you can still do that. Can you still send Jet City amps to, I mean, you used to be able to send them to Mike Saldano when you'd mod them. I don't know if he still does that. If he still does that, I have no idea what it costs. It used to cost a few hundred bucks. I mean, let me put it this way. I always thought it cost at least as much as the amp did, but who knows? I don't know if he's still doing it. Um, and I've never really heard anybody tell me if they really liked it or not. I assumed everybody liked it, but I've never heard anything positive or negative. And not hearing anything negative is no big deal, but not hearing anything positive is kind of weird, right? You think somebody go, man, it was amazing. It really made the amp come to life. I never really heard anything either way. And I've had a few friends and acquaintances over the years do it. Mike says, I bought a Fishman pickup system for my Martin from Sweetwater. Sounds great. Thanks for the recommendation. My rep, Zach, texted and wanted to know how it sounded. Nice touch. Yeah, like I said, uh, you know, it seems fanboyish to talk about Sweetwater all the time. The The thing is, is like I said, it's kind of like all our discussions, whether it's about like what today or this week we have with Fender and stuff, is that whatever you do that's extremely different than anybody else, you're going to get noticed for. And, and Sweetwater has a couple of things that they're doing that's different than everybody else. It's, it's up to everybody to decide if they like those things. Yes. The Sweetwater sales engineers are Sweetwater sales reps, whatever you want to call them. They tend to contact you a lot. Some people love it. Some people don't love it. But remember, I I've said this before, and this is kind of why I want to talk about this so much when we, when, as we do these things is they do that because they are considered their own intro their own independent entrepreneurial businesses. Like I said, Sweetwater flat out told me to my face at the uh, at Sweetwater that basically the sales engineers are essentially, there's 600 of them, and they're essentially 600 independent businesses that just use Sweetwater as a, re as a resource. And that's the way they like to think of it. Those people's jobs are to cultivate a good customer base. And uh, as someone who had a small business uh, that did retail, I understand that because what you really realize is, look, people walk in a store and buy stuff. People are going to go online, click, call in, get a rep, buy something buy, and leave. That happens all the time. But the majority of what supports, and there's small businesses right now, retail stores right now watching because I know a bunch of them that like to watch the show and, you know, because we're all, we all relate because we're guitar players. Um, they will tell you the same thing I'm about to tell you, that it's just like a, your local bar, you get some regulars and they basically pay the bills, you know, um, it depends on the size of the store, how many regulars that takes, but for a small music store, I mean, it could be as little as 20 or 30 people are funding 30, 40% of your monthly expenditures. 
It's, it's the people that just like you, like your store, like the vibe. They, they, you know, sometimes they, they, sometimes you have them for a few years and then you lose them because, you know, they burn out and they do something else and then they come back and then a few years. But either way, you get these regulars and Sweetwater sales engineers are doing the same thing. They're trying to cultivate the regulars uh, is what I got. That they didn't tell me. They told me that they run uh, like an entrepreneurial thing, but that's what I got was that that's what's different. They're not just waiting for a sale. They're trying to cultivate you and, uh, and they're trying to find some whales. If you guys are familiar with the term, like the casinos use that, a whale is someone who spends a lot of money. They're trying to find the whales, <laughs> you know, I'm sure. So, you know, uh, um, I, I've said this, uh, I said this before, uh, one of my biggest customers in my store for over a decade didn't even play guitar. He just bought a lot of guitars. <laughs> he just and expensive. Um, I've said this, uh, the most expensive guitar I ever sold in my store and the most expensive ticket I ever wrote on a single purchase, which were not the same thing, two different things, were to two people who never play guitar. I'm not proud of that. I just like telling you guys that because I think it's kind of funny. One of the most expensive, the most expensive ticket I ever wrote for guitars, in other words, the biggest sales ticket I ever wrote um, for guitars was to a guy who was killing it in the boom as a subcontractor. And he bought a big house and he wanted to decorate his pool room with guitars and make it a guitar themed pool room. And instead of putting like just guitars on the wall, he bought all crazy expensive high-end Gretches and PRSs and everything was at the top of the line guitars. It was just so, uh, and he was putting them in cases on the walls and, and, uh, you know, as a business, you're like, I don't care what you do with it. <laughs> You know, trust me, I, I, I remember this. I'll never forget it. I, I actually, I was like, I'll throw in some lessons. I thought, well, maybe I'll get him to play guitar. Maybe he'll just, and he didn't care. He was like, nah, man. <laughs> He's like, I, I, I don't want to play him. I just want to look at him. I'm like, all right. And uh, there you go. So kind of funny. Like I said, not even the joke. You know, some of you guys will go like, oh, they have expensive guitars and they play three chords. This guy had, he couldn't even probably play a chord and had no interest to learn. He just wanted beautiful art. And I don't actually disagree with the logic. I've said this before. What he spent in guitars in my store was probably less or what he would spend if he went to an art gallery in Scottsdale, Arizona and bought some nice art. Not crazy expensive art, but mid-priced art. He probably paid about the same. And so he has guitars now. Uh, whether or not they hold value like art, I don't know. I don't know anything about art. Uh, Pablo says, hey, Phil, recently got a Gibson Flying V, but specifically wanted the 2019 model because uh, they're pre-COVID. Okay, that makes sense. I don't care about it, but do you think that the pre-COVID modern uh, guitars will be more valuable in the future? Um, no, I think there's a there is a logic to buying pre-COVID guitars in the idea that we saw so much volume of guitars during the COVID uh, time, the, the 2020, 21, and you know beginning of 2022, where we know we saw a lot of defects. We saw a lot of blemishes. We saw a lot of problem guitars because of the volume they were doing. And of course, the resources of less, you know, less resources for parts, less resources for employees. And that is an issue. But I think in 10 years, no one's going to think that way. Because ultimately, when you buy a used guitar, it's not going to matter. It's going to matter about uh, the specifications of the guitar and the current prices of the new guitars, because that's what really drives the used market here is the current prices of guitars. So, you know, they're just going to go up. Um, there are years where people don't like to collect certain guitars, but it usually never has to do with like, oh, the, you know, like uh, sometimes they're referred to as the bad years, but that's not really a big thing. Like not as big as specification changes. 
Um, no, you know, so for instance, a lot of times when somebody goes, these are the bad years, it's because of a specification change or a change in the company's management or ownership is not so much like saying, oh yeah, these, these guitars were made faster because there was less attention given to them is not a really focus point. That'd be my guess. And again, everything like uh, all I can do is give you an educated guess. And that's my educated guess. That being said, I'm not disagreeing with your logic of trying to buy a pre 2019 or 2019 model. But, uh, uh, me personally, I've bought Gibsons over the last couple of years and I've had problems and successes with all kinds of years. I had a bad 2019 model and I had a good 2021 model and I had a bad 20, 2021 model and you know what I mean? And a good 2019 model. So it can go both ways. Cause I, I personally had to go both ways with, with the guitars with me. Some are good and some are bad. Uh, Richard said, happy belated birthday. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. It's kind of nice. Yeah. You know, I'm not used to like all the happy birthdays. <laughs> it's not a thing that you're used to. Um, Sasha says, Hey, back in the day, I used to mix a five gallon bucket of long <laughs> iced tea for the weekend. Oh, geez. Uh, this can get your, this can get you started if you want to try it. <laughs> I would be dead. And I don't know enough people that would drink, uh, to, but I appreciate it, Sasha, but geez, uh, five gallons. I thought one was, uh, you know, a lot. Uh, um, let's see. Uh, we have, here's a question that says, uh, for, for us, for the spare high, is this going to be a thing now? The spare high E string jar or a beer spare high E string is probably better. Although both are cool. Happy birthday. And thanks for making Fridays uh, more awesome. Uh, no, thank you guys for joining me every Friday. Uh, also got the stickers. Thanks. Also, also new guitar day, Paul Stanley series, Washburn V style guitar. It's my seventh electric. That's awesome. Uh, that's a great guitar, the Paul Stanley Washburn. I, I'm always been a Washburn fan. I don't know what it is about Washburn. Um, I think there's certain brands I like for the quality, for sure. There's certain brands I like for the look. And then there's certain brands that you like because of the artists that were on them. And Washburn was a brand that I just love all the artists that are on there. And that's what it, I mean, there's, there's companies obviously like Fender and, and I didn't have a lot of artists and Gibson have a lot of artists that I like, but Washburn was always a brand. I just kind of always loved Jennifer Batten when she was on it. Obviously I'm a Nuno Vittencourt fan, uh, Paul Stanley, um, uh, uh <laughs> now I'm going to Michael Sweet. Uh, I always, uh, there's just a ton of artists that I always kind of dug. Obviously Dimebag Daryl was on it for a time. Uh, so I always like that. Waiting for my, oh, I was waiting for my computer to. Ah, uh, Sean says, hey, Phil, serious question. What do you do with all the Sweetwater stickers? I don't get, you know, it's funny is, like I said, it, it's funny, as you guys know, um, I, I have a, a don't send candy notation on my Sweetwater account. So you can, you can have them send you specific candy. Like if you want a specific like candy in your packet, I think you can request that. That's what they told me. And then, and you can also request no candy. I have a request no candy. And, uh, for no particular reason, just, I didn't do it. I just don't do it. Um, they still give me the stickers. I, uh, and there's usually like a pamphlet in there, but, um, I don't get as many Sweetwater things as you think. I know it feels that way because, like I said, right now it feels like it because I had a bunch. I did a bunch of videos like compounded up, but usually if it's one a month, that's a lot. 
Uh, but it just all of a sudden, uh, what do I do with all the ones I have? Uh, they're easily in the boxes. So they just stay in the boxes. Because remember, sometimes, sometimes that stuff goes back. Sometimes it goes somewhere else. And so there's all kinds of situations. Oh, yeah. Ian's Guitar Shack said uh, Wayne's World used a washburn. That's, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Brian's upset, apparently, about the no candy. No candy? What? I don't need candy. Um, <laughs> Todd says, give it out for Halloween. Um, my kids, we, I, I, I kind of miss Halloween, but my kids are too old. They don't, you know, they're my, my kids are old. Um, so, uh, no, no, no Halloween. We last couple Halloweens has been, especially because the COVID mixed into, it's been, you know, just turn off the lights and don't do anything. There's not a whole lot of kids in my neighborhood anyways. But before that, we were the candy bar house. Like, remember Bill Burr? Break your bag, kid. There's a full-size candy bar in there. I'll break your bag, kid. I love that line. And uh, that's how I, I used to sit out and have the table and put the candy bars out. And then we give out full-size candy bars. Go to Costco and buy those. I, you know, if you guys were in, <laughs> you know, uh, when we used to go trick-or-treating, man, we used to look for the house that would give out a full candy bar. We'd drive, you know, to the neighborhoods, you know, our you know parents would take us and drive us to a neighborhood where you could get, you know, nice, nice neighborhoods and you get full-size candy bars. It was like a big deal. And, uh, so I was like, man, I told my wife, I always want, always wanted to be the house that gave out full-size candy bars. And then I told her, I go, I'd rather give out full-size candy bars. And then if we run out early, we'll just go back in the house and shut, you know, shut everything down, then give out crappy candy all night. <laughs> so that's what we did. But, um, but, uh, you know, like I said with the kids not interested and, uh, and COVID and stuff, I haven't been handing candy. So, but yes, that's a good idea with the giving out your sweet water candy. <laughs> So, I don't know. Never thought about it. Uh, Deep JP says, speaking of P90 guitars between $500 to $1,000, just got the Fret King. Oh, that's a great guitar. Uh, with three uh, stack P90s with the very coil knob. The very coil, very coil, very coil. Not very like V-E-R-Y. Variable, like variable coil. So, I don't know how I'm pronouncing it correctly or incorrectly. But it's like variable coil. It's very coil. So it's variable is fantastic. It's why I wanted that guitar. Um, the um, the uh, variable coil is is like a is like a coil split or a coil tap. No coil split, but instead of being a switch, you can actually dial in how much of it. It's a cool option. Got it for around seven hundred fifty dollars with uh, tax and shipping. Super chat for the beer date. Man, who's that? Yeah, I don't ever want to hang out with you guys in person. I'd be hammered all while hanging out of the beer. 20 people buying me a beer. Um, so that is a great guitar as well, the Fret King. Uh, but I didn't know they were that cheap. I thought when I was looking at them, they were $1,000. So I don't know if you got a deal or if that's what they are now, but they were $1,000 to $1,200 then when I was looking at them. And that was 2017, 18, 2018. Litvay, what's up, Litvay? Uh, it says, happy birthday, Phil. Do you, you and my daughter have the same birthday? Oh, wow, that's cool. So she's a Leo. I'm a Leo. I don't know anything about that stuff. I just know that's what I am. I don't even know if I know my wife's. <laughs> I don't think I know any other. I just know I'm a Leo. Uh, it says, uh, okay, same birthday, but she is not yet taking to the bass despite the pink Bronco with the amazing strings from you. Um, you're a good man caring so much about the workers. Hey, look, 
we're all workers, you know, uh, the, the reality is this, I, I, I feel like as, as I've gotten older, I've, I've done better and better. And, and like I said, I've had great years and I've had bad years. That's the, the downfall. And when you have great years, it's nice. And when you have down years, slow years, they're tough. But the reality is this, I, I, I would never try to like imply that I'm not doing great. I do. I do fine. I'm very happy. However, I have to work every day. <laughs> One of my biggest, uh, one of my biggest uh, uh, self-conscious things, uh, and I appreciate the audience for never uh, busting my chops. Um, I won't tell you what YouTuber. I can tell you this because because you guys know I hang out with Dovey Doss. It's not Dovey Doss. So there, I'll make that easy. I was hanging out with YouTuber once and we were doing a video and he uh, did his cuticles and he was all doing his cuticles up and he's like, oh, in case you see my hands playing guitar, well, my hands look great. And I go, Oh, that's so cool. I said, my hands are shredded. Like in every video you can see, like sometimes you can see dirt and grime from when I was working on a guitar earlier that day underneath my fingernail. I try to get that out. And then sometimes you could just see in videos from like my, my hands. I've even had a couple of people ask me like, what's wrong? Why is it all your fingers shredded up? And I'm like, dude, I'm sanding. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, the way my day works, sometimes I'm working on stuff and then sometimes I make the video and stuff. And, um, <laughs> So yeah, look, it's, uh, you know, you, you work, people work and, uh, and you want everybody to do well. I, I think that's the biggest thing. You know, I think everybody wants to see everybody succeed to, 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 to have at least what you're able to have or more than what you're able to have. That's how I feel. <laughs> Sean says, I got the ice cream. He's telling me Phil's got the ice cream Lamborghini. Yes. Yeah. Like, no. I'm not a sports car guy, so that never would never happen. Okay. Um, hold on. I just want to see what you guys are talking about. Um. Uh, windsurf Maui says, when building pickups, do you measure the change, the, do you measure or change the strength of the magnets to achieve a particular tone? I'm very, I'm very focused on two things when I make the pickups. Um, one of the downfalls of making anything by hand and more importantly, making anything on small scale, like what I'm doing, I'm just a one dude making a thing. Um, you're trying to get consistency and that's tough because you don't, you want people to have a good experience and that's a tough thing to do at this level. You know, the, the, the thing that, the thing that's important is like, notice I never like talk, talk down about anybody's pickups because everybody has something to that can just every product. Somebody has something they can do that somebody else can't do. For instance, Seymour Duncan and DiMarzio and Bare Knuckles, what they could do at those levels is give more consistency than your small winders can. So although a small winder can give you something, I, like I said, I call it artisan, like Lawrence is here in the, in the, in the, in the chat and Lawrence from LPD pedals is as an artisan is what I call that. Um, I like that word more than boutique. I would never refer to some stuff as boutique. Um, it, you know, um, uh, even though I have a video recently where it says boutique, but I, like I said, I didn't, I, Sean did that. I didn't do that. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> the I like artisan. Here's what artisan means to me. It means the person 
the product that you have was made by the person that's on the name of the product or it's the, it was made by that person, right? That's an artisan. So for, I've seen, I like this analogy. I've used it many times. I can buy a painting or a piece of art from an artist, put it on my wall and it's beautiful. And it means something to me because the person made that. Although I could go to Ikea and buy a nice painting or picture and put that on the wall and it looks great too. And at a fraction of the price. And I don't have a problem with either one. Although one is a mass produced thing and it's made consistently and everybody has it. And one was made specially by an artisan. That's why I like that word. And, um, so to me, one of the benefits of an artisan is that you feel specially connected to the product. Some of us do, some of you guys don't care. That's fine. Every different strokes and all. Right. But more importantly, there's something to me special about knowing like, Hey, somebody put their energy into this. And so that's what I'm paying for. Part of that is what I got to pay for. And, uh, that's great. But one of the downfalls, and even Lawrence can tell you this, is trying to get the consistency, right? Because as you make more, you become less consistent because you need you need uh, things in place to, to help do that. And so um, when making pickups, one of the things I do focus on, obviously, is, this, is the magnetic strength. And I do measure that when I'm checking gauss on the magnets. And there is, a, there is things I'm looking for. But one of the things I, I have to do, especially as funny, is um, when I did the... Um, the uh, journey acoustic video. This is kind of funny, weird story. Um, in that video, you guys saw me do take the temperature of my truck and I use this, uh, the, the, uh, the laser thermostat, the, uh, thermometer, not thermostat. I'm sorry. It's a thermometer. Um, when I use that laser thermometer, the reason I even have that, that's what I use on pickups. So believe it or not, when I, when I take a pickup and I make it, let's say a single coil, keep something easy, right? I make a single coil pickup. I wrap the pickup. And then what I do is then I have to, uh, I drop it in a paraffin wax. It's paraffin and beeswax blend is what I use, but everybody uses different kinds of things. That's what I use. Just a little bit of beeswax with paraffin. I like that mix. It works easy for me. I dip it. Well, of course it's hot. So after I soak that, then I hang the pickups. And then what I do is I use the digital thermostat or the, the laser thermostat to check the pickup to where it gets to a certain temperature. I want it to be uh, above 72 degrees uh, and not below, sorry, I want it above 72 degrees and not above about 80 degrees, right? So I want it in the 70s, somewhere like room temp, wherever room temp is, right? Uh, and the reason is, is because then I check the strength of, you know, the, like I check the uh, resistance and I'll check the inductance and those things are compromised by how warm the pickup is. So I want the reading to be straight. So to answer your question, when I build pickups, do I measure, uh, you know, for change? I do, I'm measuring all kinds of things because I'm trying to get consistency. And then what I do is I have, I've told you guys this before, you know, I want to batch the pickups out. I want them all to be very consistent with each other so that if you ever buy a second pack, because I've sold a lot of second and third sets to the same people. That's one thing that's, uh, you know, that's when you know, Lawrence again is here. He could tell you the same thing. You really feel successful when you're like, Okay, they bought it. Now they bought another one and another one. You're like, okay, then they liked it. And, you know, and, but you want those experiences to be consistently pleasurable experiences. You don't want to be like, wow, this one was real basic and the last one was real troubling and this one's all over the place. So yeah, you have to do that. And I do that as much as I can without the fact that I'm not a big pickup company without all this amazing tooling equipment they have. And although that's great, that's not something I'm ever trying to be either. I think that's, you know, th there's companies out there that do great. Like I said, I just mentioned three of them. 
I'm not old, I'm vintage, says my room temp is currently 77 degrees. That's kind of like I said, that's what I'm looking for. Anything above 72 and below 82. That's basically where I found its consistency. Uh, consistency. So what, what reason why that's important to me is obviously in, in the summertime here, it get really hot. And uh, obviously when the pickups are hot, I don't want to measure them any hotter than that. And when it's cold, I don't want to measure them when they're really, really cold. You let you notice a lot less at cold, I don't, but you notice a lot when they're warm. You can heat up a pickup for just a few seconds and change what it's showing for resistance. Oh, you know what, Sean? You're the second person ever said it to me. The Tone King from the Tone King channel is the, the first person ever said anything. He said, I just noticed the texture on your wall. Is that an AZ thing? Absolutely. Everybody in Arizona has the same kind of wall. It's just it's a sheetrock with um, spackle on it. And then you uh, you do it. So yeah, the lights for some reason are making it look extra wavy. But this is exactly like yeah, it's uh everyone in I mean you know I travel a lot, so I've seen everybody kind of houses are different. In Arizona, you gotta understand there's no elements besides heat. Like we don't have tornadoes, we don't have storms, we don't have earthquakes. Uh, so they can make a house pretty crappy. Uh, and the crappy houses are not unique to Arizona, but Arizona is definitely the styrofoam, chicken wire, and then cheap sheetrock house. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, uh, so, uh, yeah, so, um, uh, that's, yeah. So it's, it's just everything sheetrock and then they just spackle it and texture it. Scott says, want to go mudding? Yeah. Oh, uh, Roman says, Hey, Phil, do you like, uh, Kaler tremolos? I do like them. I don't love them. And here's why I think it's, uh, it's your exposure to them. Um, I always liked them over Floyd roses, but very few guitars came with them. Remember, cause for the bulk of, if you think about Kaler, they were like another weird thing where when I started guitar, they were out, but Floyd Rose was bigger and definitely the copy Floyd Roses were, you know, you don't see a Kaler copy that too, too often. And, um, so I didn't get exposed to Kalers. By the time I got exposed to Kaler Bridges for real, besides working on stuff, was when Kaler came back, right? Because they were gone for many years and then they came back as a company. And then when I tried them, I go, I absolutely like them. But again, you just don't see too many guitars with them. So that's basically it. That's my only thing. So I like them. Everyone I've played, I liked. And if... If like, for instance, if I, if Kiesel or somebody who I order a custom guitar for had that, you know, from had that as an option, I would take it just for the, you know, I'd like to have a guitar with that, but I don't, you know, I don't see a whole lot of production guitars. I usually only see them now. In fact, the only guitars I've seen on recently were some BC Riches and stuff, but like, I'd like to have one on the Strat. Why not? Okay. Hold on a second. Um, okay, hold on a second. Okay, sorry, I was just looking for questions. Um, yeah, Miss Anthrope says, I don't think there is any Kaler copies. I don't, I, I, I you know, it's one of those things, like, I, I would say I've never seen one, but I kind of remember as a kid coming across maybe one or two that might've been a Kaler copy, but yeah, I, I can't personally recollect seeing one. It's one of those, like, you know, if I did, if I did see one, I, whether I saw one or not, it's just, I can't remember, but yeah, Kaler was always kind of a unique thing. 
Uh, Donald says Kaler's always felt spongy. See, that's what I like about them. Because uh, again, I th- that's what I love about you know Bigsby's versus um, uh, versus uh, Strat Tremolos versus uh, the the Floyd Rose or the Kaler, um, the Vega trims. Like all of them have a different vibe to them uh, and the way they feel, and I, that's what I like about that. All right, <laughs> hold on a second. Um. Okay, Steve says, "Hey, for the know your beer jar." Geez, okay. You know what? I like this gag. Let's do it. There's just every time you guys do a super chat or you see a question, maybe we, that's how we should do it. Instead of a question marks first, just put know your something jar <laughs> I, I like any kind of running gag let's do it when then we'll get a sick of it we'll stop uh it says happy birthday from nz don't usually catch your live stream but i'm stuck at home with covid i'm sorry get well soon i've had it everybody i know at this point's had it um uh more people i i know more people have had it than not had it at this point so uh get well soon it's a it's a beast man it's a beast. Uh, it says KYG Ukraine t-shirt arrived the other day. It looks good. Fits well. Awesome. I'm glad, uh, that happened. This is pretty much the end. This is the end of July. So if anyone was interested in getting the, the limited edition KYG base, um, it's, I think this is pretty much it. I saw they're going to do, they're doing a limited edition run. I saw it with Henning Polly of guitars and, um, I'm sure, uh, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that what it was was the KYG base run did well enough for them that it made sense to do something else like this. Like, hey, let's do one with Henning Pauling and maybe they'll do it with a bunch of YouTube channels, do limited runs. Obviously, look, man, it's a great way to get something unique and fun. And it helps out a guitar company, obviously, going through a crazy thing. I mean, of all the things, since we've been doing the podcast, I mean, we've had people like Wayne Charvel's house burned down and his shop burned down in a fire. We've had, you know, the, uh, the uh, boutique electronics or sorry, boutique amp guys, uh, you know, warehouse, you know, basically catch fire and have to move. I mean, there's so many things that happen to so many companies over the years, but, uh, you know, having missiles shot at, you know, by your shop and getting it blown up is definitely a crazy thing to have to say. When I was making that video, I actually stopped and that's why it's overdubbed. The original was me talking and then I had to overdub it. And it was because at some point during the talking to the camera, I just had stopped and I paused and I was staring for just a second going, what the F am I? And I said the F word though. I said, what the F am I saying? I'm like, am I talking about a guitar company that just got eight missiles shot at, (laughs) right at them? What is going, you know, and you just have these, like, I never thought, you know, when you do videos, you're like, oh, never thought like one day I'm going to have to talk about how a guitar company has to persevere over the fact that they're, somebody's trying to kill them. And, uh, it's just, it was just mind blowing to me to talk about. And, uh, and, uh, I wish them all the best, of course. And I think every one of you guys who supported them, I think we, I personally feel like we sold a, a, a lot of bases and we did a lot of good and they're really cool. And they're really interesting. Uh, there's two downstairs right now. As I, as I speak, I think my wife's packing them up and getting them out. And I think if you're the one with that base, I'm pretty sure she emailed you before I went on air to tell you that she had them and she was dealing with that and taking care of that. So thank you guys for supporting in all the ways you did. Uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> LPD says a lot of things have burned down unexpectedly. You know, what's funny is you hear it all the time overseas. You know, there's factory fires all the time that shut down uh, things. But it's just, it's just crazy. It's just a crazy time. Things I never thought I'd talk about. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. I'm sorry. I'm just laughing. As soon as you guys know your uh, jars are hilarious. Uh, okay. Um, oh, Mr. Bill in chair says, what do you think of the new road worn type squire guitars? I am going to look them up. I didn't know they existed. Uh, like I said, uh, didn't know anything about them. So, okay. All right. Uh, all right. And remember, if you have anything directly towards me, put a question mark first or say for the, you don't have to do the super chat. You can just say for the blah, blah, blah jar. <laughs> Maybe that's the thing or question mark. the Whatever makes easy. Uh, Susan says, Valent makes some beautiful instruments. They do. The ones that Henning had done were just gorgeous. Like I said, I wanted to go with something different. He went with something where he's just like, let's make these things just pop. Um, I saw them on Instagram and I was like, oh, they're just beautiful, beautiful instruments. Okay. Richard, uh, he said, hey, did you ever check out Pedal Pods? You know, I must have spaced it because I obviously didn't. So I apologize for that. So that's why I wanted to read your question so I can re you know, remind myself something I need to do. Um, uh, EF says, PRS Mira 2008 guitar. Thoughts? I am a huge Mira fan. Uh, my Mira is right, I think, there. Sorry, guys, with the camera. There you go. I'm pointing that. Uh, my Mira is a 2013, I believe. So about the same, same model. So it's a core guitar. Absolutely love it. Uh, they do come in different, two different necks. Uh, uh, I think they actually actually come in wide thin and wide fat and a pattern thin and pattern uh, regular, depending on the years. Mine is a pattern regular. No, mine's a pattern thin neck. I'm sorry. I like all the necks. <laughs> I like all four of those next. Um, uh, but mine happens to just be a, a pattern thin. So. Yeah. Um. Oh, now you guys are talking about Polyphia's new guitars. I, You know what? I didn't see the new guitars. I did see something in Guitar World where he was holding something, and I didn't know what that was. So if that's a new guitar, that's pretty awesome. Because it looked cool from what I saw. I'll have to check out the video. Hmm. Okay. We're going to have to start wrapping up. Let me make sure, just in case. I don't... Okay. So no more super chats. I just want to make sure I got them all. It looks like I got them all. So no more, please. And let's uh get rid of that. And oh, of course I say that and then uh, Todd says, what is your absolute best effect for drop tuning? 
Digitech Pitchfork, other uh, just for jamming. Uh, you know, this is a question we got a while back, um, uh, Todd, and I, I mentioned I like the Pitchfork. I like both the Digitech and the Pitchfork, but I own the Pitchfork and that's what I use. I've tried both and I've had no particular issue with either one. Nothing you know, popped out as like, oh, I don't like that or I like that. Um, I, I use the Pitchfork. Um, I, I don't know if I pitch, I bought it cause it was less in money. I don't know if I bought it cause you know, it was what I saw that day or whatever, but that's what I've been using. And I, I really, really like that one. So I recommend the one I have a pitchfork, but I think if you, you know, if you have an opportunity to save some money, uh, either one, I think you'd be happy with it. There's, uh, although I'm sure you can point out, you know, downs and pluses of each one. I don't think it, it really matters. Tom, Tom guitar says for fuel for the dump truck opinions of trainer amps. Uh, I got a decent deal on a blue, uh, YCV 50. I like trainer amps, you know, um, it's what, really funny. Trainer amps is one of those companies where they were an amp company. There's a ton of them that I can think of now where I took them for granted. You'd see them from time to time. You'd play one and you go one day I'll get one. And then, you know, you start seeing them less and less. And now you don't see them. And there's a lot of amps that I can say that, um, over the amps I currently own, I would have bought them now if they were available. It's easy to get a hold of, but the trainer's one of them. I always like them. I just, you know, back when I would come across them, I either didn't have the cash to buy one or, you know, something just didn't line up and I didn't get one. And now I just don't come across them, but I always like them. Now, how do you, <laughs> okay. I was going to say, now I'm stuck in the screen. Okay. Um, uh, I'm going to say, and I want to say, and brew and brew says opinion on Sterling music, man, Luke three guitar. Thanks. Um, I have not played all of the music, man, Sterling guitars, the Sterling music, man guitars, but I really like them. Music man and Sterling music, man are, is a brand that I can say that 90% of the time I've put my hands on the guitars have been pleasantly uh, pleased by them. Uh, so I would, I, I, from that experience, I would say, if you're looking one, I would recommend one. Um, they're definitely a brand where I've never actually come across a bad one. And I, I don't mean the ones that are sent to me, cause obviously music man doesn't send me anything, but Sterling has sent guitars in the past, um, through Praxis. Um, I, I have put my hands on enough of them, uh, outside of YouTube reviews to feel like the videos I did were a representative of every experience I've had outside of it. That's something I very, I, focus on now. Now, I think I told you guys this, but now in the way that we explain ourselves to the uh, manufacturers when they, they send us product, we have a blurb. If you guys saw the d disclaimer now is at the end of a lot of the videos. Now it says these manufacturers uh, basically send us, promise to send us uncherry picked guitars. And uh, the reason that was added uh, was not for any other reason than this. That's what we're telling them up front, which is please don't pick us a special guitar. Please send us guitars that you would send to customers. And we have and have done it already and we'll continue to do it. We are randomly picking companies. And as you guys have seen, we will buy the guitars and check them. And uh, we basically tell them like, you don't want us to get a guitar sent from a manufacturer and it's perfect. And then us buy one and it's horrible. It's not good optics for you. So, so don't do anything that you wouldn't, you know, don't do anything different than how you ship it to anybody else. And that doesn't guarantee anything. It's just another step trying to go down the, the road. The reason is, is because, you know, you guys, uh, a lot of people say that in the videos, like, Oh, they picked you out a special one. That's why I got a good video. And 
what I'm concerned about is this. It's not about anything other than two things. Obviously, like I said over and over again, I want whatever I, whatever I present to you to be a reasonable expectation of what you might find. I think that's important. That's the whole point of this channel. It isn't, it's, you know, besides a little, maybe a little entertainment, the majority of it is so help you make a better educated purchase of something you can't touch or, or play. Um, but also, it, optically, it just ruins it for me. If the companies, if the companies take advantage of me by sending me a rigged guitar, you know what I mean? Like something that's obviously perfect. Um, it, it's not just, it's not just you guys that get taken advantage of. It's me. Cause now it's, it'll never come across that they did it. It'll come across that I did it. So that's why we go out of our way to do it that way. And, um, and, uh, you know, that's why. Okay. Let's do one more question and then I'll go index this and go to have dinner with the family for, for my birthday. All right. Do we have another question? One more? Anything? Oh, you know what? This isn't a question, but it's a great statement. Thank you, Dennis. Dennis said the Fender Jim Atkins P90 uh, Thin Line Telly is a great guitar. Absolutely. Again, uh, I only didn't mention it because I can't remember what it's priced at now. I, I thought it was, again, $1,000, but if it's sub $1,000 because they were saying five to 1000 I would definitely recommend that guitar. Fantastic guitar. I liked it. That that would be one I would actually want to own. Uh, you know, a thin line telly with P90s. That was a cool guitar. They're probably made in Indonesia now. Back in the day, I think they were made in Korea. Set neck, uh, very Schecter feel to the neck and five, probably because at that time they were probably made in world manufacturing. I'm pretty sure they're made in Indonesia now, no longer in Korea. So not a bad thing, just changes the manufacturing from it. Um. All right. On that note, thank you guys so much for all the birthday wishes, man. That was really awesome. Thank you guys for hanging out with me every week. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I enjoyed hanging out with you guys. Uh, have some videos coming this week. I want to say that these are probably some of the hints of what's out there, whatever's behind me, plus some other stuff. And uh, as always, thank you guys for supporting the podcast and of course the YouTube channel and my birthday. I appreciate all that stuff. And as always, uh, thank you guys so much for your time. Till the next time, next week, same time, same same channel. Uh, know your gear. Bye bye.